Hey everybody, welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister from another mister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Walbo's least chill work, and I try not to give away any spoilers. I'm Jenniet, and Malia convinced me to come back to Pact again. I'm Malia, and Jenniet convinced me to give him my ability to have friends. This Whoa. episode, we are covering Possession, chapters 15.6 and 15.7. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know what favor Avery calls in to Florin and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there'll be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Or alternatively, if you don't know what happens to Ram Jam, <laughs> don't want us to tell you. <laughs> R.I.P. That was a sad chapter. So I'm, I'm just coming off the back of recording <laughs> the power reflections on it, and I'm still sad. It's so sad. Because <sighs> especially when you think about Bubble and how she was like, I'll get you girls, and he was so perfect. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, yeah, he was such a yeah. good little boy. Like, <laughs> oh. Also, goblins are so fucking weird. They're like, we're going to turn you into your weapon form and we're going to leave you somewhere and make sure that people pay shit for you. Like, it's like, okay. <laughs> Over here, it's so weird. <laughs> I'm like, kind of good. Like, you know, what I thought was funny is that immediately made me think of what Blake did to the hyena. I was like, the hyena got that treatment, you know? <laughs> it was still hanging around for half the story, being used as a dead weapon. Like, I feel like Ram Jam deserves better than that. <laughs> Hopefully his hammer won't be broken. Well, yeah. It might have a hole in the head. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> um. Yeah, before we start, first I want to say thanks for coming on again. I, you know, it's weird. I don't know where Jenny's been, uh, what you've done to her, but it's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've trapped her in my head and Conquest is working on, uh, you know, we were barbered. That's the thing lots of people don't know about me and Jenny. Um. And so now I have subsumed her and got Conquest attacking her in my brain. Right, okay. And so that, yeah, hopefully she'll get out soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'll be back soon. I'm not I'm not that strong, so I'll probably be replaced and I'll be back <laughs> inside of her brain any, any day now. I'll just sort of like rotate. Maybe I'll yeah. come up with like a schedule that's more convenient for... Oh, yeah. That, well, that's more ward-like, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah, but yeah, thank you again, and hopefully Jenny will be back in all seriousness. Um, yeah, soon as she's there's a lot of crap happening uh, in her life at the moment, but it's nice having you on so that I can keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I still feel terrible about like last time when we recorded. It was like you came from your bridal shower, and I was like, what? And then, but apparently, you really needed to talk about those chapters uh, and read the next ones. I so. really did. <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i mean i guess it's a, a busy time over there because the the wedding's almost here right yeah speaking of the due date for the fan art contest is almost here <laughs> <laughs> yes till death do us part give us that romantic or other interpretation of that uh art by may 5th yes um i think to fan art at doofmedia.com Sounds right. Yes. There's a post about it. And yeah, I'm I'm excited to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, gosh, there's some 24.1 gives you some tragic options to 
to do for Till Death Do Us part, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a lot of the death part going around at the moment. Yeah, not enough of the wedding part. <laughs> well, our Turtle Queen and Monty, you know, I don't want to. Maybe that's rushing them into stuff. Like I don't want to, you know, tell them what to do. But you know, there's some good coupley vibes on their end of things. Right. There's things heading in the right direction, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um. Well, anyway, I guess should we get into these these happy fun time chapters relative to what Pale's doing at the moment? I guess. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's here's a quick summary of these two chapters we're covering: fifteen dot six and fifteen dot seven. Um, so Miss Lewis is here. She's still angry about the fact that Rose has taken the abyssal job offer and not hers. Um, so she tries to call in some friends for support, but she keeps getting shot instead. Uh, Rose uses this extra time she's bought to tell everyone what to do and also to try and think of a plan Uh, meanwhile inside of Rose Blake is still getting the shit beaten out of him even though he no longer has a physical body Uh, eventually outside time runs out and Miss Lewis assembles her ugly baby squad uh, who begin taunting the poor mortals outside Uh, Evan literally refuses to run away even under Conquest's orders and this gives Blake the edge he needs to fight back against Conquest uh, Blake realizes Rose needs some friends, and he discovers a whole new way to sacrifice parts of himself by giving her his friends. Uh, this allows Rose to call in Faisal for help, but uh, it turns out she's still no Avery because Faisal is zero fucking help. Uh, in the next chapter, Blake pours through some of Rose's memories to try and help out. Uh, whilst Rose is trying to come up with a plan, and she does come up with one, she declares herself the Lord of Jacob's Bell. And summons all of her old friends from Toronto over for a housewarming party. Uh, the ugly baby squad attacks. There's some chaos, but Faisal is finally a good boy and summons all of Toronto over at once. Uh, with the gang all here, Rose drops her next bombshell that now that she has a Jacob's Bell, she doesn't want one anymore. Uh, and this has created a big enough mess that everyone from Toronto is going to have to help clean it up. Oh, so, Malia, what did you think of these chapters? I really love rose and i'm happy that we've come back to me loving rose and hopefully it doesn't <laughs> keep going over the edge of being mad at rose um but she's so fucking great uh evan's great alistair's great um <laughs> i like even miss lewis is kind of great face all sucks but like, yeah. everyone else is doing a great job um <laughs> i like that you call them the the imps and moats the ugly baby squad um i've been listening to this podcast called the bravo docket um because i just wanted more legal podcasts in my life and they talk about reality tv shows and like the legal crap that people on those shows like have experienced or been experiencing or whatever Um, and so like i've learned about i don't really watch those shows but I've learned about the, this podcast. And so some of the like real housewives or whatever have what's called a glam squad, which is like people who do their hair and makeup on our on call 24 hours or something. And so the ugly baby squad, I just picture like kind of like <laughs> cute, but ugly cartoonish babies with like glitter and sunglasses. And that makes me happy. <laughs> I mean, that does sound better than their actual descriptions <laughs> of the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they oh. do like cool poses yeah yeah i love the idea that miss lewis always has these guys out the back for when she needs to look cool too so. 
you know, now's my time to make an entrance. It's like, ugly baby squad, assemble. <laughs> it's kind of like an American liberty move. To have, yeah. like, <laughs> little gross things around to make you look good. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, it works, you know? Yes. Um, but, yeah, and, oh. Faisal, sorry. When you when you mention everyone's doing bad, ex- everyone's doing good except Faisal. Like, oh, <laughs> just useless. He's such a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just the worst. Yeah, it's fun giving that little hint of like he and Ms. Lewis having like done this sort of thing before and kind of like facing off. It's like in it's I don't know why this is the example of this trope that popped into my head, but it's like in Lilo and Stitch with um. With Cobra Bubbles and yeah, the head of yeah. the aliens at the end, and they're like, "Oh yeah, in Panama, blah blah blah," <laughs> and you get the sense that they have this like big spy history, and that's fun. The comparison I keep making in my head is it reminds me of Aziraphale and Crowley from Good Omens, which is not. <laughs> that's I'm not saying I actually ship Miss Lewis and Faisal. I'm just saying <sighs> it would be funny. If it turns out that maybe this had been more than a working relationship at times. Oh, I could see them like having flings. I just think she's like better than him. <laughs> <laughs> the demon warrior is too good for the, for the angel is a great, yeah. it, it, it's an accurate take. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think that is the, uh, a heartbreaking part about this. Like I kind of picture this, these chapters going down in the same area as um, I mean, it's probably really close to the same area as like where she took Blake out for a walk in like bound mm. June and all that stuff. And it's just kind of like, ugh, this, this is sad. She yeah, there's cool. like a sense of she has to do this, right? Like, right. She seems cool. Right. And she's only summoned little baby moats so far, which right. is nice. Right. It's a, it's a weird, it's an interesting balancing act that it seems like is happening. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, well, I guess let's get into it. So, um. Yeah, Miss Lewis is trying to call her friends, but before she can do that, uh, Rose just keeps shooting her uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, uses that time to try and scramble to figure out what to do and she starts telling other people what to do before she even has a plan. And then, yeah, meanwhile, inside of Rose, Blake is just getting the shit beaten out of him by Conquest. <laughs> oh, I love Rose. This, this was an interesting <clears throat> way to do this. We've seen how um blake inside of rose has started to think a lot more like rose like he's really really in her perspective and Mm. i almost wondered like are we just gonna kind of be in rose's perspective for you know this chapter for forever because it's it's very close on rose and what she's thinking and experiencing um for kind of a bit in this chapter um yeah which is cool and provides fun and good opportunities to maybe learn more about what she's gone through and other stuff um but that was kind of i don't remember when i realized it but i I was like reading through it and i was like wait are we in rose's perspective like where's blake and i read it a couple times before he like shows up um well because there's like a whole moment where it's like where's blake it's like he's not doing well and then it suddenly cuts to blake and he's like understatement that and it was like (laughs) where have you been like yeah right because it's, I mean, it's like Blake is experiencing all this as we sort of learned in the last chapter, but also yeah. he is also experiencing this whole other thing. And this felt like a big, like, movie, like, cinematic 
you know, like we would be outside focused on Rose and then it would be like, whoop, like, yeah, yeah. She's pretty great. Um, uh, and well, yeah. And cause I guess, cause it almost feels a bit like an interlude at times. The, these, these chapters mm-hmm. with how much we're in Rose's perspective <laughs> and yeah. And I wonder, like, it, it's really useful to be in Rose's perspective. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's fun in how it's different from Blake and a lot of things, but um, we're learning a lot of detail and information about Rose. Um, and I wonder if, like, I don't know, I get curious about Wildbo and, like, how he made decisions about where he wanted the story to go and different things. And I wonder, like, mm. was this kind of an uh, a side effect or a consequence of, like, you know, the possession and then kind of realizing like I could just write it like really, really close to Rose's perspective. Or if that was like a a goal he had that he wanted to show us more of this and like kind of found this other way to do it. Um yeah. Yeah, I will refrain from comment on any of that. <laughs> I don't really know what Wilbur was thinking, obviously, but yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And part of it is would he even remember at this point or has he talked about this in interviews and like someday maybe i'll uh watch all packed up one and (laughs) or something oh i don't that's that's i i think i've talked about this before i struggle to rewatch that interview we we let it be right at the end of the thing so it's like it's like 20 hours in (laughs) so you're like dead yeah and i think i there's one point where i asked the same question twice in a row like (laughs) oh it's embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure everyone understood oh uh, yeah i just i definitely want to try and do better next time <laughs> um but yeah uh what else from this section i mean obviously there's the fact that somehow a few people have managed to hold on to bullets right it's um an interesting and really upsetting <laughs> uh conversation where they're like wait you still had a bullet always save one bullet and it's like the really fucked up practices, you know, like Diabolus, Goblin Queen, Scourges, because you're dealing with shit. And I guess it's like so that if you have to kill yourself, because otherwise yeah. it's going to be too bad. And Ainsley's like, oh, Chronomancer should totally do that, too, because like, what if you outlive <laughs> the sun? And we're all like, uh. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I like. I just can't imagine that, like, how much time are you going to have between realizing you fucked up so bad you're going to outlive the sun and getting your gun, like, you know, what like what could be even worse is if you get frozen and you have to sit there for millions of years with your gun, like, an inch away from you. Like, yeah, I don't know. I also, I love, like, it's so funny coming at this from Pale and it's like goblin queens are on the list with diabolists and scourges. Because now I hear Goblin Queen and I think like Liberty in America, and that's just so not their vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to remind myself of like, yeah, the scary goblins and that Goblin King from a couple arcs ago and stuff to be like, mm. oh yeah, okay, they're they can be scary goblins. And, and even Max, who deals with pretty minor goblins, has a much more tense relationship with them than like Liberty uh-huh. in America. Definitely, um, she does seem to deal with. More hardcore ones than Liberty and America do. Like, yeah, they oh, seem just sure. like cute babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're like Liberty and America run kindergartens. It feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, this is just really fun. That it's. I guess it's nice that there are still some bullets to be passed around. But just the fact that she just immediately like shoots her in the chest is like, 
holy shit. And it's like, did Rose know for sure that she that Ms. Lewis wouldn't die? But also, <laughs> like, like she wasn't trying to kill her? Question mark. Um, I imagine she was probably hoping she was wrong. It's like this probably won't kill her, but like, hope I'm wrong. <laughs> it would be convenient if it did. <laughs> Right. Well, it's that it's that weird thing that she starts thinking about where it's a balancing act where, you know, she stops Ty from saying, like, let's gag and immobilize Ms. Lewis, because if they, like, summarily defeat her, then, like, the next lawyer or lawyers are going to come with, like, big real demons and, like, fuck them up. Mm. Um. So they have to, like, I'm trying to think of what this reminds me of, Um. but they have to keep it possible for ms lewis to come back and beat them um so that they don't yeah just get like the hammer dropped on them um and i i guess like this i think rose thinks about it but um suggests that the lawyers have limited resources um you know they're they're not just like wiping these people off the map immediately Mm. when presumably they could and i don't know if it you know like like why like is it that they don't want more angels to try to come after them or is it like they have other shit to do or like even the karma is difficult for them to manage and so just like nuking this town with a demon would like be a headache maybe it's expensive like maybe they're you know because they're they're lawyers right like they're (laughs) they're not looking to waste money like Uh (laughs) like if you could get them if you can get the interns the moats to do it like way cheaper (laughs) Than summoning the big boy, like yeah, the alley totally. rate for the moats would be a lot lower. <laughs> totally, yeah, that that's a good point. Um, and having only one of the partners here as opposed to more, uh, similarly, mm. yeah. I guess I don't know if we get this or whatever, but I think like you know a day in the life of Ms. Lewis or like you know an associate at the firm or whatever would just be like so interesting. Like, what is it that they're preoccupied with right now like what do they do (laughs) does the firm have a ping pong table (laughs) these are the questions that we need answered um yeah i I do think like i i really love the 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 whole vibe of this because it's kind of like yeah we can't win too well because Mm -hmm. then it'll get worse right but also like they can't stall forever so it's just like it it feels like such an unwinnable fight it's kind of like, like and it's like the one hope that they have is that Faisal will come and save them. Um, and that doesn't right. go right. Right. Well, it's also just like, I mean, he doesn't like demons, so he probably doesn't like that they're, you know, in this space. But he also did, like, drop them into the abyss and have a demon, like, sick a demon on them already. So it's really, yeah. like, not a huge <laughs> chance of him <laughs> not being the worst. Yeah, pretty much. Um, God. But, yeah, it's also... Rose is trying to think through options and trying to plan and trying to figure out what to do. And Blake's mm. kind of witnessing all of this. And she's thinking about like, yeah, what if a given opponent could be made into an ally? And it struck me that this is a really interesting theme, I guess, in both of these stories, because like the, the like intellectual climax or something of this story so far was Blake realizing that like face all was working with Barbatorum essentially yeah um and that like these like traditional and historic enemies could like be allies um and a lot of that in this story has been like sacrificing values has been like 
you know, like, like stepping down or like, like it hasn't been good feelings. Um, but like, this is what the Kenneteers do best. And so it's fascinating. That's like these two stories and this, this one idea of like enemies being made into allies, but just how different it feels in pact where it's like, you're all shitheads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and impale where it's like there is good in everyone and we can like lift everyone up to live uh in the way that we do and like bring them up to our level as opposed to like yeah i'll work with these demons or whatever it's an interesting i didn't yeah. expect those to be so strongly similar in this universe i guess i love that that's a really good point because i i suppose you're right blake and rose are constantly seeing people get dragged down into stuff whereas the kennedy is keep lifting everyone else up mm-hmm um, but it is that similar sort of vibe of like, I, I feel like, yeah, a big thing in this universe is uh, allegiances are fickle. <laughs> right. But in a, like, yeah, like they, they were all propping up Conquest in Toronto um, and kind of like allowing him to do shitty things, which is kind of like a mm. enemies to allies sort of a thing. Like it, it but then in, in Kennet, they would, they wouldn't. Um, oh well, they, I mean, they had the hungry choir like uh, start, and the Kennetiers put a stop to that. Right. I, I mean, I think yeah, that's more of what I mean. Like the Kennetiers like don't put up with that shit, and yeah, exactly, yeah. But it still works because in stories like Pact, it always seems like there isn't another choice. Um, and sometimes you have a character that is like, no, fuck that. I mean, Blake was like, fuck this. I'm. <laughs> I'm fighting conquest in this town. And I don't care. But part of it was because like, because otherwise he will have demons like, yeah, yeah. Help him. Um, whereas yeah. in pale, they're just like, nope, we don't put up with that shit and they've struggled with it. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm, yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I get what you say. It's cause, and I guess uh, like to turn that back to the lawyers like because the 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 thing that rose takes note of here is that the lawyers one weakness is that everyone fucking hates them (laughs) um and so they're kind of isolated and i guess like you know so we kind of do see rose go for the throat um Mm -hmm. and call in toronto to help because she realizes that the the closest thing she has to a strength is i mean allies feels like a strong word but a bunch of people (laughs) she could drag down with her um uh, yeah, like that does that does feel Kenneteer ish. Just a more <laughs> negative spin on ish. on yeah. Kenneteer's going for the throat. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm so excited and confused, and it's. I didn't have a lot of confidence that we would see these people again, and that it would all yeah. like tie together. And so this is really exciting. But yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, it's the the whole gang's back together again. Conquest <laughs> is even here. Like, <laughs> no. It's the greatest. Page is here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to talk about that when it comes up because that Definitely. Peter's reaction to Page oh is so God. funny. <laughs> uh, um. Cool. Is there anything else from this section we wanted to call out? Um. I I wanted to talk about Ellie a little bit. Um. Uh, how she's Rose... the expendable one, right? right. <laughs> Just like holy shit, Rose. Like. <laughs> like okay. Like. I guess. Um, <laughs> like, I just, the way she thinks about people, it's so interesting. Um, I mean, Blake, Blake fixes it, so that's that's fine. Um, well, and it's, I mean, it's interesting how 
Blake and Rose have a really similar interpretation of Ellie and who she is and what she's like. Um, yeah. I don't remember Blake ever being like, so she can die, it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> um, they both do know their family pretty well. Um, and I don't know what the witch hunter is supposed to do in this situation, but maybe she can do something. <laughs> uh, but also, um, weren't they... I, I mean, they were, like, holding her brother's life hostage last time they saw her, too. So, like... Well, no. See, that's the thing. It's not... Um, it's Sarah. It's some rando. Oh, I thought... Oh, I'm maybe I'm wrong. I, I think... I thought Sarah was the, um... The, like, one of the knights. Like, that nice knight lady who was, like, their blaggard. And they were talking mm. about her at the same... Well, I think she's maybe with... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, because well, that, no, that's what sure. I... That is what I thought. But then... Here, wait. I think they were talking about Eva when they meant, when they just said the witch hunter. For, like, that's what I thought the first time, but then for some reason the second time I thought... Uh, I think they're hoping Sarah will show up because she has more bullets. Uh, okay. Well, that's wild to just be like, yeah, Eva. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I don't know. It's fine. I feel like uh, that'd have to be a bit of a sales pitch. I suppose we'll let you kill stuff is a pretty good sales pitch for Eva, though, to be fair. I mean, that makes me think that, like, the rocket launcher will come into play, which maybe will help, but also maybe will make everything worse. <laughs> um, yeah, well, do, do those work on demons? Like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I mean, can't hurt to try, I guess. Yeah. Um, God. and then, so then Alistair, uh, uses his training. Yeah. Um, this was really fun. I love the, like, diagrammy stuff. Um, and this was a fun, like, you know, fractal grid and we need something in the center. Um, they put the seal of Solomon, but also like, that's too limited, which is kind of a fun thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he plants the idea of like, we need a Lord because the Lord represents natural order and can kind of like you know and it's interesting because i really think of lords as super tied into the seal um mm. but i guess this isn't just the seal it's um a lord's role under the seal is like the sovereign or whatever i guess um yeah it's like a publicly recognized position i guess yeah um and it's a fun thing to drop for next time <laughs> yeah. you realize yeah yeah, planting some seeds for Rose to uh, sow later. <laughs> yeah. um, I also love Miss Miss Lewis here. I love the, there's this weird bit where she's like, "It's been a while since I felt ag proper agony," and it almost sounds like she's into it, right? Like, <laughs> does this support the Miss Lewis face all um, ship? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he's an, he's a naughty boy. So no. Yeah. Uh I I mean and I wonder like is this also like maybe she can't feel anything else? Um, yeah, well I love this concept that her employment supersedes death, which is just the end game of the capitalist hellscape we can sometimes be living in. Um but, like yeah, what does that do for you as a as a like a human person? Yeah, I mean you're just not anymore. Oh yeah, um, true. Yeah, I bet the lawyer. I mean, the lawyers aren't really humans anymore, probably. Um, 
not really people not really not people not really yeah human yeah although i guess they technically still count as practitioners don't do, do they now i'm now i'm unsure i think so but i bet it's something kind well, of i guess along blake the- did too and he was right. a person yeah right of rose or blake or like the kims um yeah if you yeah. can fake it if you can convince the universe then they'll let you practice <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah true um god uh i going back to alistair really fast i think it's interesting the choirs he chose to ward against um yeah Ru- ruin chaos madness so two three and four um i i mean i guess it makes sense in terms of like this town is already falling apart so we don't want more ruin the <laughs> abyss is right there so we don't need more chaos and like madness <laughs> is like kind of the same thing i guess um yeah like feral and sin not being as big of concerns i guess makes sense you know everyone's asleep uh but like darkness is the one that i find the most scary yeah and so oh uh it's surprising they didn't do anything about that i mean it, you know it made it kind of seem like you know there's not a ton of time um it was interesting the whole like we can't i tried against unrest but we don't know you never know like what <laughs> yeah but especially because Faisal's from the angelic version of that choir like right and so it's just like because obviously you know we've been tricked by him so it's kind of like like with the choir of unrest i'm just like what do we expect from them anyway like yeah right like people thought corbin could be one and it's like i don't like that like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's not good for the brand Mm-mm. i do kind of wish we knew the names of the um angelic choirs so i'm assuming light and then like buildings <laughs> like what <laughs> i think well, because it's um, it's the it's sanity. On... Is it the choir of sanity? Like... <laughs> well, they're based on the seven days of creation from mm-hmm. the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think light makes sense. And then the second day is where the sea and the sky got, like, the firmament got made, and that's yeah. why it's chaos because the opposite of that is everything being mixed is together. Order, so, yeah, maybe, and then ruin structure structure know, yeah, yeah oh, that's the building one right yeah that was that one guy which like, then, but does that mean like do you think does this mean Faisal's is the choir of rest rest like mm-hmm. <laughs> makes him sound so lazy <laughs> well it's just yeah and like what about gates i guess he that's kind of like garden of edeny um yeah but yeah i I'm personally of the opinion that like all of the choir stuff is just a bit wrong. BS. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> Faisal makes a point in this chapter where he's like, oh, and an- angels are a label that was given to me. Blah, 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 blah. Um, right. And like, maybe, maybe a lot of the choir stuff is so like, these guys are so old. It's just like humans. It, it's a bit like biology, right? Humans are just like, oh, yeah, you belong in this category. <laughs> and Faisal's like, okay, mate, like, whatever. Right. But it just, it, it feels like a bit of an insult to be told that you're from the choir of rest. Like, it, oh, you're from the lazy choir. <laughs> like, maybe this is why he's such a grump. <laughs> I don't know. I think. That'd be an awesome choir to be from. Yeah, true. Actually, I it, suppose it depends how you take it. Yeah, the um, it'd be the choir of no expectations. It's like, are you going to do something? Nah, mate. I'm from the choir of rest. I'm, <laughs> I'm chilling. 
<laughs> that just yeah, that makes me think that like the demonic version is yeah, just like anxiety, like just constantly <laughs> on the edge. Like I haven't seen Bo is Afraid, but I heard that it's like if you have friends who have anxiety and you want to know what that's like, watch this movie or something. So what's it called? Bo is Afraid. Bo is Afraid. It's some weird movie where people either like absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. Supposedly, oh, cool. although the two people I've talked to who have seen it are, like don't know. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of movie, though. I love those movies where you come out and you're like, I don't know how I felt about that. <laughs> yeah, it sounded stressful. Yeah, I haven't heard of this. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I've been all I... about the D&D movie recently. That's been my <laughs> obsession. I love it. The Doofcast episode on it was really fun. I'm just listening to that. Like, I'm, I'm about uh, halfway through it. As, so I'm, good. Yeah. Michael, uh, yeah, make me lose my mind. <laughs> I, I just, I love that they had him on it because he and Scott talking to each other, like, it's it's nice that they are friends and yeah. I can see that Scott's just like, I hate this, but it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've just felt most of the time I've been listening to the episode, Scott has just been giving voice to what I've been thinking as Michael says so. <laughs> And Michael so you keeps saying things. I'm like, what? And then Scott says, what? And I'm like, oh, thank God Scott was there. <laughs> He's just like, this is the perfect movie. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then he was like, it's nothing like the MCU. And I was like, what are you talking about? Though? It's like clearly the same thing. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's it felt kind of, I really liked the Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Mm. And I feel like it felt kind of like that, but it doesn't feel like a, yeah, one of the yeah, other well, ones. It reminded me of seeing Guardians of the Galaxy the first time. Yeah. Where, like, especially because I think Guardians, I wasn't expecting much, and it blew me away, which was the same with the D&D movie. Like, they both were so much more fun than I was yeah. expecting. Like, yeah. as somebody who hasn't really played D&D, like, much at all, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of expecting to just be confronted by a bunch of references I didn't understand. And I think that's mm-hmm. true, but it didn't stop me enjoying the movie. Right, they're not in your face um yeah like it didn't matter to me that i didn't know what the panther boys who shoot holograms are called right like i just knew that they were scary right um anyway hmm. it's a great time okay <laughs> um face all shows no face all doesn't show up and because <laughs> he's resting he's resting <laughs> and he should be a cat not a dog he needs lots of sleep after doing work he's such a cat <laughs> it makes so much sense that he's like, I don't like being in this form. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, to talk a little bit about what Blake's going through, um, the it's interesting that I guess I've always in, I've interpreted Blake as being a lot more like who Ambrose was and Rose as kind of like the artificial facsimile. But I mean demons can't create so all this stuff all of rose was a part of ambrose um but thinking about like blake is kind of experiencing them in the same space again as a like cracked and broken mosaic but like Mm. rose's side is brighter which feels like insane because rose is like the emotionless like yeah like ruthless automaton person and blake is the like caring like loyal you know yeah person and he's the one with all the like awful shit and she's the one with a lot of awful shit but not as much i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> I guess pretty it's much. not like rose is like 
sunshines and rainbows, but she doesn't have Carl. She doesn't have the homelessness. She doesn't have... Um, well, she hasn't had to be pried out of the abyss either, I guess. Right. That probably her, didn't help. Right. Her her parents were, like, somewhat better. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I mean, by Thorburn standards. Right. Um, but it's it's good. I mean, it's, it's fun, you know, how Grandma Rose almost chokes him out or whatever. Um, <laughs> and it's it was a little bit of a relief that Blake doesn't really quite recognize Boogeyman Blake. Yeah. He's like, wow, that was wild. Why did I do that? And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Blake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he makes it he makes it sound like he's watching footage of himself drunk. Like he's just he's like, oh man, that was a crazy night. <laughs> I murdered a bunch of people. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's it. I'm not drinking abyss anymore it's so unlike me (laughs) (laughs) you're not yourself when you're abyssal do you wait Uh, is that an australian ad or do you guys have those ads in the states too the like the snickers one like you're you're not you when you're hungry yeah Yeah. you're not you're not you when you're abyssal it's the same thing uh yeah tell that to carolyn (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's well that's yeah that's her unhealthy diet that she's doing and got a bunch of the others in on. Yep. Fad, fad diet. The abyss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, Blake. Yeah. It, it, I'm worried that it's interesting. I'm wondering kind of where we're going. Cause I'm thinking that Blake is going to get out of Rose. Um, I guess, or they fuse into one person somehow, but that again feels too, like, I was going to say anime. Like it feels too <laughs> like, like it breaks the, clear rules of like yeah demon means destroyed you can't ever fix it that have been established um well although even in this chapter blake um like when you know we haven't got to it yet but eventually he's gonna dump all of his friends on rose's side of the uh i don't know divide Mm -hmm. um and he says that there's a big loss suffered from that like i think he says like a third of them just get crunched up right um so, like, I suppose that like, that's the even if they kind of merge into one at this point, there's going to be a huge loss associated with that. Like, you know, at least that's true. A 30 percent of Blake will be gone as a part of that if he tries to merge with Rose, right? And because yeah, they talk about or he talks about this thick black line, um, like this mm. canyon or whatever where stuff has just been cut away and like discarded. Um, so neither of them have it. Um, and th- that could never come back. Um, yeah, but she's, but, oh, I mean, that's tragic. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm so curious about who he was. Um, yeah. And like, we'll probably never really know. And that's like, not really the story. And that's part of the tragedy of it is like that we've lost him. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I mean like, like the demon cut away evan and blake's connection but they still have something and they've still managed to rebuild something so like maybe blake and rose could make something work um in a fusion body if that's what they decide (laughs) to try to do um yeah because i guess like you can't get something that a demon's destroyed back but there's no reason you can't build a new one that's like my interpretation of it like if a Hmm. demon knocks a house down it's like well i can build a new house just 
I can't, you know, wind back time and get my old house back. And it's like, right. I can't like, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like Blake and Evan, you know, they're not familiars anymore, but there's a new connection there. And even to the point where doesn't Evan ask Rose to eat him as well. (laughs) (laughs) He just wants to go hang out with Blake. I think he also wanted to like fight with. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That makes more sense. He wanted to fight conquest and she's like there's not enough room in there (laughs) (laughs) um right yeah and then so then nick is you know told rose that they've used all the bullets and rose is kind of like well thank you like i i do appreciate you coming whatever um i understand if you're leaving and you know nick is like fuck that (laughs) um and and this is another example of um someone i would have loved to see before and part of Mm. the tragedy of like i i mean it seems like these dudes were fairly badass practitioners and there were kind of a lot of them um and they were just like totally cut down by or um and he's just such a good person and he's so yeah like brave and committed to this and he's like this like this is my chance to like you know do something about this situation um and the way that my life and like all the people i love's lives are and like i can't ever fix that but i can yeah i don't know <laughs> well, and i think like that's that's the thing with the knights though right is like of course the group that is a bunch of people who are actually like the good kind-hearted ones are the ones that got decimated by this demon mm-hmm. like uh right. like I, I totally subscribe to uh, yeah all the theories that it's like they were probably a really big, good, helpful, kind organization. Like I think um, to cross into pale a bit, the only other time we've seen people call themselves knights is like Millie's family who mm. do like the sealer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the idea that the knights of the basement were actually this big network of good practitioners who sealed away bad stuff and then they just got ruined by her. And like, of course, nobody remembers them. But that, like, they right. were but they were good people doing good things, and that's all gone now. Yeah, um, and that's demonstrated by how Nick has treated Blake and Rose throughout this story and this moment, where he's yeah. like, "I'm almost insulted that you would like let me leave, or like, you know, not not let me leave, but like anticipate that I would want to." Mm. And Peter's like, "Can I go? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> Bye." <laughs> I love Peter. He's the best. And it's also great because, I mean, Rose does say, like, okay, but if I die, like, you're, like, also, good. like, you don't have a chance. What? You don't have a chance. And so he doesn't, you know, he doesn't leave. Like, he. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He reminds me of a shittier version of, like, Matt Cawthon from, like, The Wheel of Time. Like, he, I don't know if Peter's heart has, like, grown three sizes <laughs> today or whatever, but there is, he's better, he's a better person than he wants to admit. Yeah, yeah. I, the Thorburn story, I feel like. That's the <laughs> subtitle there. With the exception of Blake and Rose, who uh, think do think they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, okay. So uh, now we're at the point, time is running out, and this is where Miss Lewis uh, is able to stop getting shot, and she assembles the ugly baby squad. And what? they begin making fun of the mere mortals that they're about to kill. <laughs> God, that one part was funny where like they're like, oh, like fucking losers. And Miss Lewis is like, one of them actually has training to like stop you, so maybe don't. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> um 
Jenny had a fun joke she told me she wanted to do for this section. So I'm going to oh, yeah. gonna attempt. Um, what is it? Yeah, like I'm I'm surprised that Ms. Lewis is so patriotic um, and that she loves America so much because it, it keeps... What? It keeps... It keeps <laughs> that's what I was like, what? Because <laughs> she obviously is trying to summon Merka. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was like, that's the weird joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah and it becomes clear that you know mer is just the name but mer yeah uh, <laughs> the idea that she was just trying to say merica merica <laughs> yeah she wasn't trying to summon any demons she was just wanting to talk about god's chosen country well she's gonna say merica and then like things would explode or something yeah <laughs> bunch of second amendment demons would show up yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> <sighs> Um, um, but yeah, it sure is a menagerie that she manages to summon. I like the one with two heads that no. both talk, but also neither does. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Um, <laughs> I didn't like most of them. Was that the one that kept eating stuff and getting bigger? Yeah, like and making would... w- wet noises. <laughs> I mean, one thing about that that was pretty funny is it would like go behind a tree and when it like came out from around the other side, it was bigger. Like that yeah. was pretty funny. Um, and then I think does that one eat another one later, or is one that of them eats pair? another one? I, yeah. I, I get them all confused. Yeah, one of them definitely. They're like they're not doing so hot, so one of them just eats the other one. <laughs> Which like fair, I guess. Yeah. Well, they live in that. Um. Ah, oh, what are those aliens called in Futurama? You know, it's like I don't understand why the larger lawyer simply doesn't eat the other ones. <laughs> it's like Obicron Percy I8 or something so that's where demons come from yeah they sound yeah that that fits pretty well um but yeah and then uh I think this is yeah so is, is this um this is where then Evan gets told to run away by Rose mm-hmm. and he says nah and <sighs> this really messes Conquest up he's he's so good he's just like no <laughs> i'm not leaving you can't tell me what to do you're not blake i don't give a fuck blake's inside you which means i'm not leaving and i wonder how much this like throws conquest too because i think we're also seeing like conquest is in the process of choking blake out and then evan says no and conquest it's just shook by this um it's so good right it's like wait she was channeling me though you have to you have to go um I feel like so Blake thinks about he you know he's trying to fight back he forgot he had arm or he forgot he didn't have arms um <laughs> and he thinks that he tries to start like flying um odd that the wings I had for a part of one night were more connected to me than my arms um and I don't know if this is another thing where it's like Blake will end up as a bird like Blake will like I feel like this is almost trying to tell me something and I don't get it but yeah, I, I remember reacting to this line with like, Blake, I don't think that's very strange. Like, Evan just gave a whole speech last week about how you were meant to fly. Like, you've mm-hmm. always been somebody who was like this. Uh, yeah, because it is. Right. It's, but it you is very funny that he's like, oh, I don't have arms anymore. And it's like, but I do have my wings. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, also, how, yeah, how do you forget that you don't have arms? Like, I just feel like that comes up. But I bet that if you didn't have arms... 
like if you know if like maybe you were an amputee or something that you would forget and maybe eventually like it's almost like like phantom pains or something but like like i I don't think about my arms very much that's true but i guess (laughs) you do when you're being choked out was my thinking maybe (laughs) but i feel like it's because yeah you're trying to like push them away and you can't yeah 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 um there's a pretty cute moment where peter starts to panic um and yell at rose to fix it and ainsley puts her hand on his arm um (laughs) and he shuts up and i'm just like how did i like how did wildbo do this to me how am i like super shipping these two people that i don't know if i've actually seen them talk to each other like within like two chapters i'm just like completely on board and like part of it was like you know it's funny when alistair's pissed but like this moment i was like oh my god i love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's crazy how quickly this ship leaves the harbor because it only it's like last week i think there was one chapter it was just like peter shit stirring alistair to suddenly i'm like oh my god are these two the best behame thorburn cousin couple like and because I think that's really Alistair and Rose are mostly just jealous because they've taken the title of this <laughs> Behame Thorburn couple. Uh, it's hard though. I love Alistair. And Rose. <laughs> I love them so much. It's but also yeah, because I think part of it was like you could see Peter like being kind of manipulative and like you know maybe thinking like being a little possibly into Ainsley, but also being kind of yeah like manipulative and weird yeah. and whatever. And this moment is the like oh. Something's happening. There's actually something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it just makes me upset that what was presumably the Ainsley chapter didn't have like I am married to Peter. (laughs) Oh, in Pale. Yeah. Well, there was that thing. Was there a thing? In in that part of Pale, she's (sighs) in a bar and she goes to that bar so often that she has a regular order. And I do remember someone making the joke that maybe this is Ainsley and she's still dating Peter and that's why she's constantly at the bar instead of at home. <laughs> that makes me sad. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's Peter. It makes sense. You got to have some space from him. Yeah. Even if you love him. <laughs> I think especially if you love him. I think that would be a requirement for continuing to love him. What a man. <laughs> I'm going to go back and reread that now and be like, are you married? <laughs> this is what I care about. This is the thing I need want- to know. The question is, do you want them to be? Because I feel like the answer is yes, but also no, right? Like, It's like, Or do you yes, think she can but- fix him? No, no, no. But I think that Peter has <laughs> taken strides today. Peter's learned that like people can care for each other. And, like, he can care for people. And he's having a lot of weird, like, feelings and, and stuff. And so, yeah, there's, a there's like, an 85% chance that this would, like, crash and burn horribly because he hasn't, like, improved as a person. But there's, like, a like a 2% chance that he could improve enough at a rate good enough that it could work. <laughs> yeah. What's, okay, so, so you've, said, you've said 2% chance he gets better. And then an 85% chance that it doesn't go down. So what's our other 13% here, do you think? That they just, like, walk away and never acknowledge it and never speak to each other. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> After uh, Only a 13% night, chance that it, it doesn't go anywhere. I, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> Something has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, yeah, those numbers are bad, but I'm a lawyer, so I don't have to know anything about numbers. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. It's the other verse. They'll, the numbers are fuzzy. Like, there's probably a path where 2 plus 2 equals 5. Oh, definitely. That'd be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see it, though, but from Lucy's perspective. No! Just so I can really feel the rage at the lack of sense that math is making in this in this path. In 24.1, it took me a second to be like to realize where they were. Um, but then like realizing like, oh, like Lucy's on a path, like that's part of why this is so awful. Yeah. No wonder she's in a bad mood. Yeah. Like <laughs> she's just not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Um, cool. Well, yeah, so then uh Blake realizes that what Rose needs is friendship and he <laughs> discovers a whole new way to sacrifice himself because he can just give her bits of himself. So he shoves all of his friends except uh, Evan and Green Eyes onto her side of the divide and then this allows Rose to realize they can summon Faisal using teamwork um, <laughs> and that ends up being pointless because he's a fucking dick. <laughs> just zero help. Oh my god. This part was upsetting (laughs) like it's so much more existentially horrifying than like trading in bits of your body for wings or so like when the abyss is like i'll take your eyes and give you monster eyes i'm like oh that's horrifying but like kind of cool this is just existentially he's giving up parts of his self that's awful right and like he's he he can't get that back right like he and then like a bunch of it yeah like it falls away some of it and like like r- good for rose but also does she how does she even internalize this i mean it seems like she really like actually starts feeling compassion and sympathy and empathy or whatever which so what a time to finally start getting that you know like this is also <laughs> just the worst time to start feeling caring for people when they're surrounded by demons like <sighs> yeah Although it helps with her strategy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It works. But I don't know. That's like That feels like learning to care on hard mode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And just, yeah, the fact that he, like, all of his human friend memories, gone. Mm. But, like, he still, it's like he remembers that he has, remembers them or something. I don't know. I think, I think he gives the the, like, emotions associated with it, but not necessarily all that like there was the talk last week where there was the sticker and it was like blake had got the picture of the sticker and rose had gotten the emotions of the sticker and so i think he gave all the emotions of friendship but kept some of the like actual tape recordings of of the memories or whatever right okay that makes more sense um because that is also what you needed right then was the like yeah friends power of friendship it's just like because that's alexis too right like that's mm-hmm. it's fucked up i know i bet a lot of um the the void or whatever that was just cut away was like his relationship with alexis because i i feel like i heard it speculated it was probably true that like he and alexis were probably like a couple like in a relationship um ambrose and alexis yeah. and so um I bet a lot of that's what got cut out. Yeah, I mean, don't need it anymore. What? Oh, that, that, that's Rose Senior saying that. Like, yeah, I don't need. I don't need this. 
lovey-dovey nonsense. <laughs> what is this? Bye. <laughs> Affection? Unacceptable. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in terms of like, no, I need you to do this now. Like, you can't have a girlfriend. Like, you have to yeah. be over here. Um, God. But yeah, then, then Rose shows up once. I love... Uh, Alistair's so good, again. Like, Rose starts you know, help me or whatever. And I think he, he's the next one to start calling or whatever. Like he's just, he's, he's, he's in a it. good boyfriend, right? Like he's, just, <laughs> he's like, it's wild that he went from being the annoying <laughs> prat boy to just like, oh, what a good guy. I know. I love him. I was, uh, um, after y'all's reflecting episode, uh, when Tommy B was talking about, um, knitting and how, uh, we had talked about that in the past yeah. as a practice and what that would be like. Um, and I, I felt a little resistant to being like, yeah, I'd definitely want to do augury or whatever, but like, I love crafting and I think that would be fun to have that as part of it. Um, and, um, augury and all that stuff. And for some reason I had this flash of like other shit that's kind of cool and like augury related. And like, I thought about Alistair's tarot deck and mm. like, it's so fucking cool. Like, yeah. Like, it was annoying. And now it's so cool. And I love him so much. And I totally <laughs> want that as my implement in my life. <laughs> just... uh, yeah. And I mean, isn't that the Alistair story? Oh, that's so annoying. No way. Actually, it's really cool. It's and really I love cool. it. And I want it in my life. Yeah. Like, you're just such a you're good right. person. <laughs> and like, because he's still, he's still shuffling and like flipping his deck, but with one hand. Because he, mm-hmm. well, he lost that hand to Barbatorum mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's just, I mean, that's smooth, right? Like, I'm like, man, <laughs> this guy's good with his hands. Like, he can still <laughs> shuffle and, and split his deck with one hand. Like, respect. Mm-hmm. And it's just this cool, I don't know, just he, he kind of is constantly, especially now, checking and doing it and trying to figure out the best course of action. And it's just so, I don't know. He's great. Yeah. And what's funny is it, it usually feels like Rose isn't. Like, he keeps having, like, there's the bit where she declares herself the warden a bit, and he's like, I support you. I mean, I would have I would have liked a heads up, but, you know, I got your back. Like, like what a, what a good, that's a good partner. And especially, like, describing how the connections that had been all, like, wobbly and freaking out, he's like, yeah, we're the Lord and Lady of Jacob's Bell, and it's like, bam, like, yeah. solidified. I just, uh, he's so good. <sighs> we we simp Alistair on this podcast. I'm allowed to say that while I'm temporarily the host. Entirely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is another thing where I'm like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the plan was for Alistair and stuff exactly because it really didn't feel like we were going this direction at all. Um, and thinking back, like Duncan was a thing in this family and has like completely disappeared, and I just wonder, like, if while Bo had the time or inclination to like edit this story who he like what would he do with some of this um i think it's mm. really fun that alistair seems like a total prick bag and turns out to be great um yeah but yeah just some of the little like would he be introduced earlier like does the behame duchamp couple even exist <laughs> like <laughs> what? i forgot about them yeah, yeah. i thought they were gonna be a thing <laughs> Because we don't yeah. even know which Baham and which Duchamp it was, do we? No. <laughs> no, we have no idea. 
could but... be fun to speculate. Like, what if it was Alistair and <gasps> Lola? But then what happened in between there? L- Lola yeah. is engaged to someone, right? Yeah, they didn't say it wasn't Alistair. Um, uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, that's a good point. It's it's probably not Lola. Well, who was the other one? Um, it starts with a P. Penny? Yeah. Could have been Penny, I think. Maybe. I just feel like someone would have mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're, no, I'm not. I, that, that, that's too much. You're bringing too much sense into this, Malia. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know why, though. I really thought they were going to be a huge... And maybe they they were, but we just we went to Toronto and like yeah. it all went to shit. <laughs> what if it was a progressive? Like maybe it was Ainsley and like Penny or something. I mean, I do think that Blake sees them at the engagement party and it is a dude, but that would be uh, cool. You're ruining all my great ideas with your <laughs> with your logic and your evidence, Malia. <laughs> and Ainsley has to marry Peter, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, um, um yeah and so yeah and so Faisal shows up and actually is keener to work with miss lewis than the humans because that's fucking dick. <laughs> i oh. when when reading this again and he's like if, if you're willing to dispose of these pests that would be great and then i'm like wait is he talking about the humans or is he talking about the the imps and peter's like Wait, are you talking about us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, I, uh, you know, Blake and Rose officially start to panic now because Operation <laughs> Faisal has not helped. Um, and so Rose is trying to go through her memories to think of something helpful. And Blake joins her because um, they can kind of both do it simultaneously. Uh, and this is when Rose decides to declare herself the Lord of Jacob's Bell and uh, lets Toronto know because they need to come bring her a pot plant for her housewarming. <laughs> uh, this was so good. Um, it was also Blake realizing that the Thorburn Library still sort of exists um, because Rose read so many of the books and so he can like go in and find them. Um, Which, sorry, I was supposed to say, I'm low-key jealous of Rose's apparently photographic memory because, like, you know, I can read a book and 99.9% of that shit's gone in a week, you know? like. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'm wondering, too, is it, like, maybe in the other verse, all of the stuff that you experience is still, it, like, it is there in your brain, in your memories, kind of, but... Uh, but you can't reach all of it, maybe. Right, like, recalling like, it... It it doesn't uh, all yeah. come back, and so Blake being like standing there can maybe like see it was what made more sense to me. But Rose that is also sense, actually, yeah, super smart. So, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe maybe forgetfulness all got put on Blake's side. Or so I don't know if that's how the cutting works, right? But you like you take all all the ability to forget to forget and put that on Blake's side because you know he's he doesn't make plans. He doesn't need he doesn't need memory. it. Yeah. yeah um that makes sense yeah i would do that if i was making the perfect practitioner grandchild (laughs) (laughs) um but this i yeah this was great because seeing the house again seeing rose in the mirror and also just like the diaries i really wanted the diaries (laughs) um (laughs) i yeah i remember getting really mad 
at Blake the first time I read this when he was like, oh, she's read the whole diary. Oh, I can just skip to the end and see what she thought at the end. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> right. I ugh. And I mean, he did have to like sleep and eat, I guess, and other stuff. But man. Um, but yeah, he kind of gets a better sense of Grandma Rose and, you know, how she's sort of leaving things unsaid in her diaries. Like she looks like the perfect little diabolist but and when she thinks about rebellion or whatever she like seems to abandon them but you know based on the situation they're in it's clear that like there's more shit going on that she didn't want to record yeah um yeah that sort of it's that sort of thing where there's like subtext hidden in the text but you have to be smart to figure it out it's why rose is there and not me right like Uh (laughs) uh-huh Like, cause you know, you gotta, you gotta read between the lines or whatever. Right. And yeah, doing just enough double think or whatever in terms of like, what is grandma Rose recording to preserve Mm. for, and like, what is she expecting other people to get out of this something? I don't know. Um, it is fun how, you know, this next time that Rose feeds into conquest more, it's like a slightly nicer conquest. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the power of friendship conquest because <laughs> what yeah. what does that mean <laughs> like maybe like, like I, a, i'm like not Alistair. an expert on friendship but i don't usually associate it with conquest oh it's avery <laughs> okay n- you're gonna have to explain that because again a- avery and conquest do not sit side by side in my head avery is Going to win you over. <laughs> Whether you want it or not. Yes. I mean, yeah, kind of, actually, yeah. It's going to happen. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna beat you through the power of kindness. <laughs> and she's gonna wear you down until you're a better person. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what conquest with Blake's friendship is i guess (laughs) uh but yeah so then rose is like now that i know the true power of friendship (laughs) i I decide i want to quote myself lord (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well is she lady friendship is alistair lady it's not oh yeah oh yeah i guess because if they're the lord and the lady she's probably right but i don't know yeah i wonder if that's because it yeah, it kind of seems like the Lord is like a a job description in a way that isn't really gendered, but in this way that like they're sharing it. Yeah. It, it makes sense to like give them both a title, I guess. True. Something about the lady of Jacob's Belt does sound kind of badass too. It sounds like a ghost. <laughs> it sounds like it could have been Molly's title Oof. back when she was being a big bell. Those were the days. <laughs> yesterday in story i think actually like last night <laughs> right i got the story is a lot <laughs> um it's also like alistair's like yeah so everyone's plan throughout this entire story was to like beat each other into submission and then declare the lordship not to like be in a really bad situation and then declare the lordship. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like have you seen this place like <laughs> It's like there's a reason nobody is competing with you anymore <laughs> to be the Lord here. 
right. look at half of it's in the abyss. Like, <laughs> like no, we shouldn't tie ourselves to this place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, this keeps that poor Alistair. It was like last week, Rose is like, I'm going to let my evil twin possess me <laughs> and make you think that it's the familiar ritual at first too. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to jointly declare us Lord and Lady of a shithole that's half in the abyss. Like, and I don't know what the rules are for practitioner divorce, but I feel like <laughs> I feel yes. like if Alistair went to the judges and he was like, here's the shit she's done in the past two hours, <laughs> most judges are going to be like, yeah, fair cop. Like, you can, we'll give you, we'll give you a mulligan on that one. <laughs> but he's still here. Ugh. It's because he's a good bean. <laughs> um, and Rose is like, well, everyone else is like dead or, you know, pa- powerless or like, you know, whatever. It's fine. <coughs> like, we're the last one standing. So <laughs> they probably accept it. And Faisal's like, me, me, me. You suck <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, but then um, I, I think there's a fun bit here where it's like Faisal and Miss Lewis are working together to try and figure out why Rose has done this. <laughs> and I remember that was really comforting when I was reading it because I was like, <laughs> I have no idea why she's done this. And then Faisal and Miss Lewis were confused. And I was about, well, okay, if they're confused, then <laughs> that's good. <laughs> At least it's not. Right. Yeah, it's not just me. Right. Um, Peter once again stands in. As the audience as well, because he's like, I'm so goddamn confused. (laughs) (laughs) And Rose, like, reaches out and, like, rubs his shoulder, like, comfortingly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and now I'm creeped out. (laughs) (laughs) Look, she's only had caring for, like, two minutes. So she's still (laughs) getting her feet, like, you know, she'll get there. Well, I think that this could have also been like yeah like fairly genuine it felt kind of automatic for her to do this whereas before with like you know trying to you know hold alistair's arm or you know all of that shit felt like she was like really like thinking about it and not sure and like it was so awkward and like whatever and this is just sort of like oh it's okay peter yeah and peter's like that's so not rose like yeah (laughs) he's so right to be like like, this is that friend who doesn't like touching or whatever and then is suddenly like giving you a hug and it's like okay what is (laughs) going on here Mm -hmm. oh god and then yeah so face all realizes that uh the people in toronto also heard this and probably don't want a diabolist in charge of the next town over (laughs) and so they're gonna come stop this or something <laughs> yeah and and that's bad for him because he can't be seen to be working with this like he'll do it but not publicly right was the vibe that i got right um I'm, right and then, this is where conquest just pieces out suddenly he's <laughs> chill <laughs> that was hilarious he's like oh i'm the lord great like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool i'm outie like he just sort of starts leaving Blake alone, and Blake's a bit like, are you serious? It's like, what else could I be in control of? I have <laughs> control. This is great. <laughs> um, And then there's a the really fun bit where Alistair, oh God, Alistair and Peter are just so good. He's like, <laughs> can you do me a favor and say something sarcastic? And Peter's like, I, I don't, what? And then he manages, you know, the, the brilliant, yeah. thank you. I really appreciate it. 
what are in-laws for? Like, God. Because <laughs> then Alistair's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then it it's funny because it's like, he's like, well, cousin-in-law. And I'm like, but both of you are cousins. Yeah. Whether it's Ainsley or Rose, like, that doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Like, like yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, um. But yeah, um, anyway, this upsets Miss Lewis, so the imps all attack, and, you know, there's a bunch of chaos, literally. Um, but Faisal kind of realizes that Rose's play is a good one, and he's a good boy, and he summons all of Toronto here at once. Yay. Um, one thing I did want to mention uh, before Conquest fucks off is um, that Rose sees Blake as Conquest, and that's just so sad. <laughs> yeah i forgot about that because it was like like you know blake was seeing his mom and like the scary preacher lady and grandma and for rose it's like blake like the scary dude and in this case it was like he was outside of the mirror i think and it's like this is the guy who's gonna like take over my life and that's really sad that mm. that was there um but yeah, so the imps are attacking, and this was fun. These chapters were a fun mix of like exposition and fun plot advancement, and then also just like crazy like action. Yeah, because they're just like going at it, and Hari or Harry or whatever is like screaming or something and making everything suck. And and Blake's, you know, Rose read as much as she could. Maybe she knows something about this one. I gotta find it. <laughs> Uh, and Tiff and Ty managed to like do really badass kind of thing, um, because we we've learned that Tiff was really trying to specialize in like defense, um, and so yeah. she's drawn this like diagram on her hand, and Ty gets uh one of Harry's heads, um, <laughs> and they managed to use it uh, along with her hand to like uh reinforce the diagram and uh make like a barrier and this was just it was, it was just cool like it's a reminder that like there's other people other shit going on and like they did a really good job yeah of yeah doing this thing and i don't know it was great yeah ty and tiff actually like saved the day here mm-hmm. yeah um and then a great moment where rose and alistair go to the center of this diagram and you know she scuffs out the seal of solomon um, which Grandma Rose would love. Does she also hate the seal? I don't remember. It's fine. And they drop some of their blood, the blood of the Lord. And <clears throat> this makes the diagram work really well. <laughs> Yay. Good old Lord blood. <sighs> um, um, yeah. But yes, yes, everyone arrives all at once. And uh, then we also actually before before some... Before everyone shows up, there is actually that question raised, which I do see you have here in the notes. Um, why the hell is Faisal still a dog? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was a fun... It was fun, too, that she was, like, kind of taunting him with the question. Yeah. Um, in a way that, like, she had, uh, you know, when they were like, what the fuck, why did you just do that or whatever? And she was kind of like, ask Faisal, he should realize. Um, and this was a fun... Yeah, sort of flip. But it so Johannes died with Barbatorum in his body, and Barbatorum is immortal. So there's something living in Johannes who like has the pipes 
and can control dogs. And so that's still an issue. <laughs> yep. And so, especially if Barbatorum can control face all with the pipes, that seems like a problem. Well, yeah, but Faisal orchestrated that whole thing, right? Like, he was the one who told Johannes to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Presumably, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, he can't be that stupid, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he just thought that, like, Johannes being dead meant, like, because yeah. I guess I, I mean, part of it was that, like, Slashing Johannes's eyes or whatever, like, seems to have somewhat trapped Barbatorum in that body, at least for enough time for them to get away. And I just sort of figured that, like, Barbatorum was going to have to get out of it and move on. And maybe, I mean, Faisal knows more about this than I do, but maybe he was sort of like, yeah, and so he'll get out. But it's Johannes being dead that makes the pipes not work. <laughs> they are in the abyss. I don't know. Mm. But... It seems like we might go try to deal with that, which is fascinating. <laughs> What's one more trip to the abyss? You know, uh, we did a three beat. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah. Uh, so then, um, this is where the gang all shows up, and Rose basically tells everyone that now that she's got a Jacob's Bell, she doesn't want it anymore, and everyone has to help her clean up the big mess that she's made. Right. Faisal's, I guess she, Rose uses the fact that he's kind of fucked uh, and still a familiar to get him to bring them all at once. Um, and this was exciting. Although, who the fuck is some guy? Like, they're like, the shepherd and the astrologer and the eye. And it was like, some dude. And I was like, who the fuck? And then the little girl in white, which like, maybe has something to do with, I assumed it was Fel's niece, but maybe not. Yeah. And then Isadora and Paige. Ah, <laughs> uh, and just the salt dripping from Peter when he finds out that Paige was already in here is so good. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like bizarre that she would show up this way. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like yeah. Um, it's also funny that he seems to almost sort of think that like 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 he surprised Isadora can talk or whatever. And so I'm like, oh, what did you think this, like, relationship kind of was? Like, did you think that Paige was more, like, in control and has this, like, cat pet thing? Um, it's like, eight, isn't Isadora, like, eight feet tall or something? Or or maybe in human form. She, she, oh, yeah. Uh, is she in human? I don't think she's in human form. She's, no. that's true. She's big cat. <laughs> but, like, God, and then... <laughs> Paige? Oh, she's al- if she's alive, that means she's okay. What do I care if she's okay? <laughs> <laughs> but we've yeah, seen... Blake, Blake could stand to give Peter a bit of his friendship juice, too. <laughs> well, I, I mean, this to me read as, like, like, Peter had admitted a couple arcs ago that he was kind of jealous of Paige and Molly and Blake and their yeah. friendship. Um, and you know, he he asks about Blake. He's like, where's the stick man? Like, I think he's like, I mean, Ellie saves Kristoff or whatever, but it, it does feel like everyone in these. I mean, he starts really working with Roxy. Like the Thorburns, I think, are like learning that they do actually kind of care about each other. Um, yeah. 
And Peter and Paige are like nemeses or whatever. But I, I think that this was kind of a, I, I do care about my sister. Although it maybe didn't cross his mind that she could be in trouble because she hasn't been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, in the last 24 hours, he has been more in trouble. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because they're, they're twins, right? Peter and Paige are. Yes. Straight up twins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, it was so great to see Paige back. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then it seems like this, the elder sister is now Lord of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. <laughs> you could do worse. Yeah. I mean, she kind of sucked, but also it's not conquest. Yeah. So yeah. Um, although, I mean, this has happened recently, right? Because Jeremy was like, I want to go back and try to be Lord. So this has happened over the mm. last day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a been a big day for this region. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it, that would be a good time to try to do it if Jeremy's out of town. Yeah, true. He's he's got to be one of the other big candidates. Hmm. Um, I like that. I mean, it's just funny, like wondering what all these people think and remember about when blake and rose were in jacob's bell um or yeah. not jacob's well, don't, bell, in toronto don't they blame rose this will be like well the last time you came you left our whole city on fire or whatever and it was like i mean she was barely there right that was all that was all blake right and it's like what does rose remember and think of <laughs> what does she think happened um and but it, it but it is funny that like i'm not surprised this is what jacob's bell looks like after a week like so good (laughs) yeah it's a fair dig yep um but yeah it sounds like rose and alistair want to let jacob's bell become she says lost i think which is interesting probably not in the lost sense of pale but like one of those like like a knotted place kind of or like a like yeah in kenneth or yeah also, there was the one, there was a hungry choir town we saw early in Pale, and you had to like go down the right roads to even get in because it had been warded off by practitioners. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was the sort of thing Rose was trying to get them to do here. Like, you basically block innocence off from it by, I don't know, making shit up or whatever. Um, right. So, yeah, kind of like that hungry choir. Oh, yeah, the sort of stuff Millie Legendre's family does. Right. Um, or, I feel like there was even a recentish chapter um, of Pale where they were talking about like what could happen to Kennet in terms of like if it becomes too wild or whatever. Like maybe I even almost thought of it as like the practice trying to like trap them kind of and like shut them off from yeah like the the spirits would be like nope this is a bubble like this you can't yeah. leave and no one can get to you. Um, and that's what I was thinking maybe this meant too, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so that, so that's, that's, that's her new plan is everybody help me make Jacob's bell go away. Right. Cause I guess like, like, I'm like, what is their incentive to deal with this? And I guess it's just like, well, there's a big hole where the abyss <laughs> is. It's right by Toronto. Like a bunch of these people like commute there. So might as well deal with it now. Uh, yeah, I guess it's sort of like if there's an oil spill just outside of town or whatever, it's a bit like it's in Toronto's uh, like interest to help deal with it. Right. Um kind of yeah, and then Rose becomes awesome. The Miss Lewis is kind of like 
this isn't the end. Like, we won't accept you not joining our firm. And Rose is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Rose basically says, like, I mean, and this this reminds me of uh, the end of Arc 7, um, where, you know, Rose is basically like, you were all always a part of this, but, like, you just ignored it. Um, yeah. Like, them coming together to try to defeat or or whatever was like and i mean they failed and that sucks but like that was such a good thing that like if like all of them coming together could maybe actually deal with shit um and like these demons are like around and they're they're in their city they're like on the outskirts they're in neighborhoods they're like around and diana does kind of stand up for them and it's kind of like yeah this it wasn't that simple like, it wasn't just us turning a blind eye. Like, you know, Diana yeah. alone couldn't fix anything. Um, but then, yeah, Rose That's says- That's why well, Rose comes in. Right. I've made it that simple. And like, <laughs> ah, I love her. Um, it's so good. And this feels like another pale sentiment, kind of. Um, like it's a very Lucy, Lucy move, isn't it? Yes. It's a bit like, oh, you were turning a blind eye? It's like, well, let me open your eyes for you then, yeah. <laughs> right like you can't you can't anymore sorry like tough shit um god and then she thinks again again arc seven right she says i'm such a bitch um which is what she thinks to herself when she reads that note being like if you don't know what the fuck's going on it's probably better for everyone (laughs) 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 uh and like i privately agreed but i wasn't sure i ever liked her more like yes (laughs) yes <laughs> so true like I, I it's the same thing it's like yeah this is a real bitch move but honestly the right one like i'm all for it <laughs> it's so good oh uh, what a hero <laughs> i'm so hype yeah um so i guess we've now went out the pale in comparison section uh so is there anything from these two chapters that specifically reminded you of pale Maya? We've we've touched on a few things already i guess but yeah, we we have some of the like broader um themes and stuff. Um I huh, they're in a diagram. I mean that we just had another big diagram with people in it. That went a lot better for Kenneth. <laughs> pale, um, pale versus packed.txt. That went a lot better in Pale. <laughs> um yeah, we just we haven't any or I guess the the Rose verse um Blake being inside of rose i want like sorry is the the rose verse your term for the landscape blake's in because i love that yes (laughs) it's it's kind of almost like an alcazar of her um and i wonder what that would be like like it kind of reminds me of when they made an alcazar of edith and like more voidy and uh instinctive and less like this is a physical place that i'm hanging out in but um you can kind of manipulate or Blake can kind of manipulate it in a similar way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I think cause we, cause we haven't really seen much like the, the other comparison I think that we touched on last episode as well would be like with hosting and the sort of stuff Matt does, but this seems mm-hmm. a lot closer to the Alcazar stuff. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, someone pointed out about hosting um, and how, like, I don't remember if you said this last week or if it was someone on the Discord or what, but in terms of, like, Blake and Rose, like, fit together, their empty spaces are, like, match each other's mm. filled spaces, whereas, like, normally, like, a host has to, like, carve out a section 
for something else to fit. And that's like why Evan can't just like get sucked up into Rose also. Um, there needs to be like a hollow or something. And that's kind of an interesting thought of them being like perfect hosts for each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With no room for an Evan. Mm. Um, cool. Well, I think that takes us to the most exciting parts of the episode. Uh, the bold and specific prediction from you, Malia. Yay. Um, so for our, the interlude chapters, I always like to try to predict who yep. the perspective oh, I was, will be I was going from. to ask if you didn't. <laughs> um, and it, it, I really, it really feels like a Rose interlude time. Like, I don't know, but I really want it to be Rose interlude <laughs> time. Um, I feel like I had a couple of thoughts last time in terms of Rose. Um, a Ms. Lewis interlude could be really interesting. Um, God, I feel like I, I had some thoughts earlier this week and I was like, I'll remember. Um, oh, I've made that mistake many a time. Yeah. I mean, Rose is oh, the right, main you, one. You'll, you'll remember a couple of hours after we've recorded <laughs> and, and hate yourself for it. I'll just put it in the Discord. This will make sense later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also this. Yeah. Um, so I think that's my big Rose. We will get a rose interlude i hope um cool. oh god what if we got like an alexis interlude that's upsetting i don't want that uh, okay like an abyssal alexis or pre both uh, her neck fall <laughs> yeah both i don't know i don't want it i'm trying to come up with a name like this it feels like there's got to be a pun there like alexis and abyss they share so many syllables like mm-hmm. Ale- abyssless abyssless Feels like it should be easier than it is to come up with an abyssal nickname for Alexis. Abyssus. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but cool. So we're locking in uh, finally the Rose the rose to It's got to happen. Excellent. I think you're going to have a very fond reaction to the first few lines of uh, 15.x. I hate this. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else that's like more general. Um, yeah, the gang's all here, and that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we're going into the abyss again. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not just that, they're going into the abyss to find the dude that they were escaping from last time they went in. <sighs> um, I want. Page and Peter interactions. <laughs> um, yes. I think that there'll be a better plan. This might, ooh, maybe this is the, the twist. We'll have a better plan for actually going into the abyss <laughs> because it won't be that we're forced there or that, yeah, we have to go into the abyss right now or the others are all going to kill us. So that'd be cool. I don't know. I do, you know, not to criticize, but I do think saying a better plan for handling the abyss is not particularly bold as a prediction. <laughs> it's it's not like there's room to go down from the previous <laughs> rounds. You know what I mean? Okay, I I kind of I, I get what you're saying. Though. I, just, I don't think that like Peter is gonna go. Like I think that they're gonna like. It's not just gonna be like, all right, everybody. Like it's gonna be like. <laughs> more surgical and maybe somebody will have like some sort of yeah. ward and i don't know yeah okay no i like that maybe alistair will be able to draw like good demon diagrams 
it, it seems like if if they'd give him more than 30 seconds, he'd do all right. Like He did he a keeps... pretty good job this time, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like the last one was going to work in the Abyss too before Barbatorum mm-hmm. stuffed it. Like, he just needs 15 minutes to prepare, I think. Right. The third Alistair diagram, three beat, oh, yeah. is going to be, like, perfection. <laughs> like, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, and then we've got a thing here. Uh, there was a listener question on the Discord this week that you wanted to pull out, Malia. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if we were actually meant to answer this on the podcast, but I thought it was a good question, and so I wanted to talk about it. Um, Timid Berserker, Berserker basically asked, um, given that Blake and Rose have memories that are cut from Ambrose, what does that mean for the events of Bonds 1.1? Um, good question. I know. Um, I have been thinking a lot about this first chapter and kind of, I mean, it's just such a great chapter, but yeah, the idea that like, it's not accurate is fascinating. Um, and I mean, I, I think that this has to be the memories and the interpretation of that night as Blake had them, um, when he wakes up four months later, um, (laughs) I, yeah, I think it's just sort of like, the smoothed over version that makes sense um in the same way where we're in rose's head we see uh you know she's called into the principal's office and given a sticker or whatever yeah but you can tell in the memory it's 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 not oh rose come here it's rose you know like it's not but when she thinks about it it probably feels more fluid and flushed out so I think this is Blake's like fluid and fleshed out interpretation of these mm. events. Um, one thing that's interesting is like demons can't create, right? And I think that might mean that demons can't duplicate. Like, I don't know if they can copy and paste. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, they can only control X. They can't control C or control V. Right. And so, how much of this is what Rose? Like, how, what are what is Rose's memory or interpretation of these events? Um, mm. Because thinking about Ellie, right, like Blake and Rose have a very similar interpretation of who Ellie is as a person. And presumably that's because there were enough events, enough uh, data points surrounding Ellie that they were able to like both get knowledge about her. Um, Whereas this event was like one concentrated thing, right? So I don't like Rose didn't get the like Molly and Paige stuff, um, but maybe something happened when Blake went out onto the deck or whatever to sit there that rose experienced um yeah i wonder if the parents were well that's interesting it wouldn't be like a holy shit you were alive reaction it would be like a we came from the same house um because i was thinking like you know blake's parents would have been a lot nicer greeting rose but like they wouldn't have greeted rose because rose was there with them um oh yeah 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 yeah, one one question mark that still exists in my mind is like why wasn't Blake called? Um because we see and I and again how much of this is just well, he's his the dad says like hey Blake and there's something about how Blake me- means like space or darkness or you know and so maybe like that could get filled in kind of um ugh. but yeah, why why wasn't Blake called into the room and what does Rose remember? And <laughs> does that matter? And um, 
Is the colorful cereal Blake's mind trying to feel in details? <laughs> uh, you love this cereal. I, I... <laughs> it's a it's a weird detail. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear my tinfoil about the cereal? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you know how Grandma Rose had her her cat familiar. Uh-huh. Despite there presumably being lots of evidence to the contrary, I like to believe that that familiar was Arspint, the goblin mm. that she played with as a kid and that watched her and Grandpa Bahame have sex that time. <laughs> I mean, because he was there for all the big moments, right? So <laughs> my theory is she took him as a familiar. And as a goblin, he still loved fucking super sugary cereal. Wow. So that was that was the goblin familiar cereal. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I feel like I've pitched this in the past, like the, the ass pint familiar thing, and people have had reasons why it's not true, but I refuse to accept them. Um, I just think it'd be funny if her little goblin friend from childhood was her familiar. I can't think of any reasons why it wouldn't. It doesn't seem like very a very rose thing to do to be sentimental like that. I guess, but I don't know. True. Maybe she had it. Maybe she had an off year one time. <laughs> I mean, she did possibly impulsively swear to never awaken any of her children. So yeah, exactly. There was that. <laughs> um, though it seems to have like worked out for her overall plan of yeah. destroying her family. I suppose the hitch in this might be that the other detail we get is that there's a litter box, but it's perfectly spotless. And I oh, feel like a goblin would goblin wreck that shit that up happen, for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not good evidence for my theory. Although maybe the nurse just like, you know, he, <laughs> people are coming over. I have to, you know, get this cleaned up. <laughs> get, get rid of this demon cat. And it's <laughs> demon poos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really did think going into this story that we were going to learn all the details of, you know, Grandma Rose's husband and the cat and the nurse and Mr. Beasley, I think was his name. And just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so. Pact and Pale are very different in that way. I think Pale loves to give us the, the whole picture, whereas Pact is like, no time, no time. We're doing the next thing now. <laughs> right. Because I, I, part of I think why I remember the first arc of Pact um, fairly well, I think, is because I was really trying to like really pull as much as I could and figure it out. Um, and then once it was just like, yeah, I know who the practitioners are. Like, I know, you know, there wasn't as much stuff to try to like pull out like that. Hmm. Um, that makes sense. But yeah. What is your thoughts about this question? Slash, I haven't read Kippos's thoughts um yet i don't know if you want yeah. to um so I've, I've posted those and i'll post them again on the discord for anyone who's interested but i think she originally wrote that up it was about when deep impact was at this part of the story i think and it's basically hmm. a big uh, kipos goes through like 1.1 almost line per line and basically analyzes what bits are real and like why grandma rose picked ambrose hmm um so it's all like uh going through every little thing that blake remembers ambrose saying and saying like oh this is why this part ended up in blake hmm um, that's interesting yeah so it's a fun read uh it's quite long i think it's like six pages so cool. uh i'll just post it in the discord but yeah um that 
write up definitely shapes my in, my interaction with 1.1 for sure which is yeah like just we are getting the bits of the interaction that made grandma rose like blake or like ambrose um for this for the bits that were what she needed for blake essentially right um because we get um him being truthful him acknowledging her um yeah truth her veracity whatever i remember like drawing on a lot of those details about the tea and the um and also just yeah his antagonism toward her that's fun yeah uh, and he's very careful with his words like that's something mm-hmm. kipos calls out a lot is um the it, like one of the things grandma rose asked is like did you really mean it when you said all due respect and ambrose is very much like yeah well, i don't think you're due any respect so like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i meant um which is you know very practitionary mm-hmm. i wonder what the bit where he's i think like right before she dies or something uh he says some like s- sarcastic like comment i don't remember what it was and everyone's like <gasps> and he's just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i think it is fun to consider that there's probably parts of the conversation that we're just missing because they were the more rose parts like if it was a part of the conversation that made Rose Senior go, oh, I want that part in Rose, then it they're is probably missing from Blake's. Funny to think that that like you filthy evil rancid cunt or whatever she was like, I don't want Rose to have that like thought of me. Blake <laughs> 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 can have it, but no, not Rose. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that she was like, yeah, that's what I want in Blake. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, what a human. Um, cool. Cool. Well, yeah, should we should we go over our discussion question then? Yes. Um, which was where we asked everyone, what would it take for you to accept a job as an abyssal gatekeeper? And it doesn't seem like many people are that keen on this job for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fair. Yeah, it is. Like, Propaganda Pagoda was just like, this is basically a fate worse than death because it's your fate is determined to be suffering and you won't be allowed to die. Like it's like forswearing or being with the brownies. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, part of me is like, I mean, no. Yeah. Cause if, even if you could get to the point where you could get out somehow, like you'd probably be, you'd probably suck a lot and <laughs> have to let you out. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, Megafire 7 said a functioning internet connection would, would do it for them, and, like, <laughs> I kind of get that energy. That like, that answer makes sense to me. It's on brand. I wonder if, like, because we know in Pale there's, like, uh, the digital aether, like the technomancy realm, uh-huh. and if that has a border with the abyss, maybe you could be the gatekeeper between the digital aether and the abyss. Ooh. And so then, like... Then you can argue to the abyss that your functioning internet connection is important for your job because you're like scoping out what's happening in the digital aether. Like, you know, I need to, I, I need to keep people out as much as I'm keeping people in. I think I don't, I don't know. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, homo demons is pretty fun. Um, in terms of like, homo demon describes himself as an anarchist, and so um, would totally take a job as an abyssal gatekeeper if they could. Uh, use it to break down the seal um and like somehow distribute the karma evenly or whatever <laughs> um if that was part of the plan to do so you know undermine the system from within then yeah 
I do like that Hobo Demon's biggest problem with the idea of being an Abyssal Gatekeeper is the policing the border aspect. Because <laughs> I, I don't think we saw that from anyone else. Hobo Demon was the only one who was like, the problem with this is the is the border protection. Yes. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, Sengachi um, basically talks about a really rough time in their life and how there would have been a lot of buttons that the Abyss could have pushed to basically trick them into taking it to get them out of a bad situation, um, mm-hmm. which is – they basically say that now they are where they are. They're glad that that wasn't in the cards, but at the time, like, you know, they might have been willing to take the deal to get out, and that's very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on a somewhat similar note, Captain Rhino in um, the Discord said, I'm weedy, unfit – have terrible eyesight, and I don't do well with blood. The Abyss would bribe me not to become a gatekeeper. Oh, so like inverse. But yes. <laughs> I also feel like I have bad eyesight. Not really in shape. Yeah. But the Abyss upgrades these parts. That's the beauty of this arrangement, is you can get better eye- Like, it was trying to give Blake better eyesight, and he kept rejecting it. Like, you, you know, you, you guys are like, you're missing the forest for the trees here, because- it's like, oh, I got weedy arms. It's like, give the abyss a day, and you'll have <laughs> like huge beefy arms that are made out of rocks or some shit. Like, you know, and like you'll have to kill some people to get them or whatever. But you know, <laughs> right? Like, what is what does the abyss want in a gatekeeper? <laughs> what are the qualities it's searching for? I guess like tenacity, desperation, mm. uh, fighting. Like, you've got to be able to fight, presumably. Yeah. It's like strength. Or uh, what do they call it? Impact us, puissance, or whatever. Puissance, and it, uh, whatever and, um, the nerd word for strength is, impact us. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, desperation. Oh, and it wants to have fun. It wants you to be yeah. torturable. <laughs> <sighs> what a place! place. <laughs> yeah, seems like such an unnecessary dick, the abyss. Yeah, I just like. I guess I, I get the idea of recycling, but it doesn't feel like it has to be so awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, like especially with the paths right there. Like, the paths are doing it in a cool way. And the abyss is, like, all, not even edgy. It's, like, a step beyond edgy. It's just unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Um, and I guess, like, there's a place for that, especially the fact that the paths exist. But, ugh. Mm. Oh, well. You know, that's okay. We can we can sort the abyss out when they go back next arc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Malia, do you want to explain the new discussion question? Okay. Um so Jenny, when she told me the, the Murica joke, um, then had the idea of a discussion question that was something along the lines of like what demonic choir best represents your country? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually love that. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, um, we had a f- interesting conversation when she proposed it about whether America is more um, unrest or sin. Um, so hopefully, y'all can come up with some fun interpretations of that. <laughs> yeah. Where's your I mean, country vibing? I really want someone to be like, I'm from Russia and our country is darkness because dark, <laughs> but it is summer I mean, almost. So. 
any of the Australians are willing, uh, 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 feel free to challenge me on this. I'm putting Australia down as the feral choir. Yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> feel free to expand on that or challenge me on it. But that's that's my instant reaction is pose as mates. <laughs> you know, we're now a, um, we were a penal colony that now has a higher G- GDP per capita than the place that sent all its prisoners there, which I feel is a great way to, like, it, it, to sum up my views on capitalism, the idea that the place where England sent all of its criminals now has a better GDP per capita than the place where all the non-criminals were from kind of sums up capitalism. Oh, totally. Um, it is a fun, I don't know, it, it is triumphant, <laughs> regardless. Um, but yeah, so I guess leave your answers to the, that question about which demonic choir represents your country in the Reddit thread, which will be in the show notes down below. Ooh, maybe you'll find it. But otherwise, it's on Reddit. <laughs> you know, just go to go to just Reddit. You'll find it. Just search Reddit. I'll post it this time. I promise. <laughs> We're falling apart without Jenny here. I'm going to have to let her out of the mirrorverse soon. <laughs> Good. Yes. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and a review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia. And if you'd like to support Wildbos, he continues to write these fantastic stories. You've got to go to patreon.com forward slash wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer that discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapter 15.x. Um, so yes. Uh, there's also there's a new spreadsheet. I, maybe did I do this last week? That you have a new spreadsheet, Jan- uh, Malia. Sorry, which um uh, says what episode of the show maps to which episodes of Pale, which I've already been sending to people because that's very handy. Yes. Um, I have been updating the podcast descriptions. That's right. Um, to say which chapter. For the for the early ones, it's probably a little bit on the conservative side because I'm going off of like when our podcast was posted, um, not necessarily when we recorded. For these ones, I'm yeah. trying to do it based on uh when we recorded, which chapter of Pale had most recently come out, but they're pretty close, I think, either way. Yeah, um, sweet. Yeah. Cool. Uh and then a fun fact before we let you all go. Wearing headphones for just an hour could increase the bacteria in your ear by 700 times. That's just so upsetting. I <laughs> constantly have an earbud in and I, I also know. like I have like gross earwax. It's like sticky and crap and I I feel like I already have problems and I just uh. <laughs> This was one of the top hits when I searched for fun facts, no. which is like this is not a fun fact. <laughs> I like dispute the definition of fun with with whatever website i forget where i got this from um but yeah i thought that would be a fun fact to throw in at the end of a you know two hour podcast that presumably most people are listening to with headphones oh that's mean oh we're (laughs) sorry everyone (laughs) go clean your ears everyone yes you're disgusting and i mean i'm recording this with headphones on so i'm gonna go clean my ears because yeah 100 but not with a q-tip i never understood how the whole q-tip cleaning your ear thing 
like who's trying that like people who want to pull the earwax out of their ear canal don't you get i get this stuff from the pharmacy it's like a a juice thing and you pour it in your ear and then the earwax falls out i guess it it's it bubbles in a way that makes me want to itch the inside of my ear (laughs) and i can't so i like tap my face um it's that's much better for you than trying to put yeah, something in your I ear. I love the feeling of water in my ears, though. Like that's uh, like because are you one of those people who when you when you go swimming you hate it when there's when the water gets in your ear because that's my favorite part. Um, I don't like the feeling of water being stuck in my ears, but uh, I I don't mind them being submerged in water. Yeah, I've just I thought about I, it I know too people. Much. I know people. It's like every time they come out of the water, they like try to empty their ears out. Oh, fascinating. Whereas I'm like, I, I'm like the opposite. It's nicer when you just got the water in there, plugging it up, and then you can't, you don't have to listen to people. It's great. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. That's the most efficient way to do that. <laughs> the end. All right. Bye.